From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Welcome to Washington Watch. Today we take a much-needed break from uh, the news, and I'm thankful for that because we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Not just the holiday, but the attitude of Thanksgiving and why it is important to us, both individually and collectively. FRC's Dr. Keenan Curitan, our resident historian, joins me for a historical look at the holiday of Thanksgiving. Then Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus at Moody Church in Chicago, joins me to talk about the spiritual instruction regarding Thanksgiving and why it's important spiritually for us to be grateful. And then finally, we look at the practical side of gratitude. Does gratitude matter when we talk about the development of character? Dr. Giacomo Bono, co-author of Making Grateful Kids, The Science of Building Character, joins us a little later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of information for you. And I do need to say this, uh, we are going to jump right back into things come next Monday when the lame duck session of Congress continues, okay? That's this period between the election and the new Congress coming in January the 3rd and lots of bad stuff happening, including the attack on religious freedom and parental rights. So we need you to be involved. If you want to know what's happening and how you can make a difference, text the word DUCK, that's D-U-C-K, to 67742. That's 67742, the word DUCK, representing, obviously, the lame duck session. I, could, I guess I could have used turkey today, but uh, I don't want to... I don't want to in any way cast turkey in a bad light. Anyway, text the word duck to 67742. The word for today comes from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm not sure we realize the power of God's word. The power is not in the pages, but in the practice. Remember, God is the one who made us, and then he gives us the word which gives direction to our lives as he designed it to be. In this age of anxiety and depression, God lays out the prescription for peace. Here it is, prayer and gratitude. And by the context of this passage, this is instruction to be thankful, not on the other side of difficulty, but in the midst of it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then experience the peace of God. So, be thankful. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote quite a bit about thanksgiving. He wrote to the church in Ephesus as well, instructing them to always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul understood the importance of gratitude, knowing that everything we have is a gift from the Lord. The heritage of our country reflects this. As we know from the example set by the pilgrims, despite facing dark times and significant struggles, the pilgrims expressed gratitude to the Lord as a central part of their lives. Joining me now to discuss the first Thanksgiving and the benefits of gratitude in our daily lives is Dr. Keenan Curitan. He's Vice President of Christian Resources here at the Family Research Council. Keenan, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, great to be with you again. 
All right, so you're a, a student of history, and I, I think if I'm, my calculations are correct, what are we, 401 years away from the original Thanksgiving? In fact, um, on the 400th anniversary, um, prior to that, I actually had Thanksgiving me- a Thanksgiving meal, not on the exact day, but in the exact location, as best as history can tell us, at Lot 1 there in, uh, in Plymouth. The history of this, we kind of lose it, but the uh, or we've lost it, I should say, rather, in our teaching. They came through a very difficult time where most would be lamenting and maybe complaining, but they were giving Thanksgiving. Tell us about it. Absolutely. You know, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you're talking about, you know, Bible-centric living. These people were living according to the Word of God, and that's what led them to separate from uh, the Church of England, and that got them in a world of trouble because they were they didn't want to submit to the king and his you know divine right to control the church and uh, appoint you know ministers and that kind of thing. They thought that they should have the ability to, to appoint their own leadership, which then of course comes to America and brings us representative leadership, right? But they were surveilled. Uh, they were jailed. They were harassed uh, for their faith. And, you know, because of that, they uh, they had to go, they had to meet in secret. And ultimately, they ended up in Holland, uh, where they were for about 11 years. And even in Holland, uh, the King of England's reach, King James's reach uh, was uh, into into Holland and convinced the Dutch where they were cranking out, they had their own printing press cranking out you know, uh, all kinds of tracts on religious liberty, con- condemning the whole divine right of kings thing and the control of the church. But as a favor of the British government, the Dutch ultimately confiscated their typeset tools so they couldn't print their beliefs. So they, I, I, a lot of what happened to them we're seeing today with Christians being canceled, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, looked looked at as... Uh, maybe not the best of citizens, and certainly that was true for the pilgrims. And then when they got on that, finally were able to get on the Mayflower, had to ditch the speedwell because it didn't speed very well, it leaked, and they all had to cram on there. Um, one of the, one of the uh, sailors noticed that while they were going in the storm-tossed sea, uh, that he, they, called, they called them a bunch of puke uh, uh, psalm singing puke stockings because they were <laughs> they were singing psalms to the Lord in the uh, stormy seas and they were throwing up into their stockings but they were still singing psalms of praise to to, to God even in that sixty six day journey across uh, to America that was just miserable you know because they had to stay below the deck uh, the whole time and yet they were still grateful yeah and then when they get here you know they they get here in the fall of 1620 on November 11 they they signed the Mayflower compact which has that provision for self government or choosing government leaders in it that they got from their own church government but once they got off the ship they thanked God for being on land and then they started trying to build uh, about Christmas Day was when they started trying to build the very first building, and uh, obviously, you know, exposed to the elements, uh, they got colds. The colds led to pneumonia, and the pneumonia led to death. Half of them died that first winter. By the time they came out of the winter in the spring of 1621, 
uh, you know, half their number was left. And yet uh, they were still grateful to God that they had survived. And not one of them got back on the ship that went back to England. Right. And of course, yeah. What does that tell us, you know, practically about the power of gratitude? I mean, obviously, we're instructed to be thankful, but I think does God is God on to something here when it comes to the instruction of Scripture in terms of overcoming difficulties and challenges? Yes, your uplook determines your outlook. And I think they were able to handle the adverse conditions and circumstances that they went through, which, you know, most modern Americans have no concept. Uh, You know, the way that they were able to handle all that and go through these circumstances, because they they had a perspective that, that they were one here on a mission from God. They came in the name of God, for the glory of God, and for the advancement of the Christian faith. They came on a mission, right? Uh, but they also came knowing that their God was there to take care of them, that that they had him to go to. And that perspective of knowing that God providentially cares for his people, um, that enabled them to get through those circumstances that were so tough. So is, I mean, the pilgrims, the forefathers, I mean, they really kind of got the whole thing rolling here. Is that a part of the DNA of America in terms of our staying power that, that, that still, still it's there. It's, it's been uh, diluted over the generations, over the centuries. But is that, is that really a part of what makes America a, a little bit different? I believe so. They, they were a hardy bunch. They knew coming in that they were going to suffer. Uh, they, they even stated that Bradford records Uh, how they knew that they were going to suffer. In fact, uh, he said, you know what? Even if we're like stepping stones, you know, we may never make it. We may never survive. But even if we're like stepping stones for others to come behind us and and do what we were hoping to do, it's enough. But see, that's kind of an eternal perspective, is that they, and and he wrote about that in the Plymouth Plantation, that they saw themselves as nothing more than, if, if nothing more than to being sep- stepping stones for the gospel to go forth, they realized they may not accomplish the vision, but others would come behind them and they would propel them forward just by their faithfulness. And I think that's something that's been lost in our culture and our times that we, 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 we tend not to look to future generations in terms of really self-sacrifice so that the mission, which for them and should be for us too as believers, is the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's it. That's it. Here's the quote. I mean, it's, it's classic. A great, they had a great hope and inward zeal that they had of laying some good foundation or at least make some way there too for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of, king, of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world. Yea, though they should be even as stepping stones unto others for performing so great a work. You think about this. They came over here. They had a heart to share the gospel. And, you know, the the very first Bible that was translated on American soil was translated into Algonquin uh, by John Eliot, uh, who came a little bit later. But they had a heart to share the gospel. And that heart to share the gospel is part of the DNA of America, because most of the missionaries and most of the money for missions comes from this country. And I think they laid the foundation for that great 
missionary effort that has come out of uh, America. Uh, Keenan, just got about a minute left, but when you look at the circumstances that the pilgrims faced, and, and you know, look, I know we've got challenges, but they, they pale in comparison to the challenges that they had. But what are the takeaways for us in terms of gratitude and thanksgiving? You know, um, we don't we don't experience anything like the hardship that those those people did, but their faith still inspires. You know, I, I think when they you know when they landed, I love what uh, what Bradford wrote. He said, "Being thus arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to to land, they fell on their knees and blessed the God of heaven who had brought them." through the vast and furious ocean and delivered them from all the perils and miseries thereof to set their feet on firm and stable ground. What could now sustain them but the Spirit of God and His grace? We need to recover that, I think, in in, uh, in America, and especially as Christians, as believers. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it gives us the staying power. It keeps us focused on the one who created us and made us and when we walk in obedience to him, because he's told us to be grateful, I think there's a, there's a power and a peace that he promises that follows. Dr. Oh, Keenan Curitan, always great to see you, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Don't, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Don't hit the pumpkin pie too hard, okay? All right. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to continue our look at Thanksgiving. Dr. Erwin Lutzer joins us as we dig a little deeper into the spiritual implications of Thanksgiving and gratitude. There's a reason. There's a reason it's in the Word of God. Are we really living thankful lives? And what if we were? We're going to talk about that next. Don't go away. More Thanksgiving Day Washington Watch coming up. How do you take your coffee? I take mine standing with my USA-made stand mug. Here at FRC, we stand. We stand for faith, family, and freedom. And when we hold our stand mug, we're reminded of what we stand for. With your very own stand mug, you can too. The stand mug holds 15 ounces of your favorite beverage, hot or cold. This sturdy, American-made cobalt blue mug is boldly etched with the word stand. Sound familiar? You've probably seen it before. It's the very same stand mug Tony Perkins and other Washington Watch guests use daily on his show. This mug stands for faith, family, and freedom. We stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you should too, with your very own USA-made stand mug. Join us. Get your stand mug at TonyPerkins.com. Again, that's TonyPerkins.com. And as always, keep standing. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to make sure we aren't censored completely. Now, if we get canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom by simply texting STAND to 67742. This will sign you up for our text alerts and send FRC's content straight to your phone. Stay connected and stay informed. Text STAND to 67742. Studies show that a majority of Americans believe they hold a biblical worldview, but in reality, most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. 
Christians need to be grounded in the truths of God's word and be prepared to articulate them in a winsome manner, which is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview was created. The center serves to help Christians understand the importance of scripture in every aspect of life, why it must be authoritative, and how it can prepare believers to advance and defend faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview has experts that provide research and resources to help believers address our culture's most pressing questions. Access these free resources at frc.org worldview. See the Worldview Fellows' most recent work by signing up for the newsletter at frc.org worldview email. Today, finding a trustworthy news source is harder than ever. That is why Family Research Council created the Washington Stand, an online daily news outlet that provides news and commentary on the most crucial issues of the day, all written from a biblical worldview. Find reliable reporting at WashingtonStand.com so that you know how to stand firm in the midst of the challenges of our day. Again, stay informed by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to this Thanksgiving Day edition of Washington Watch. I am thankful that you've tuned in. So good to have you with us. You know, people are asking, a lot of people ask, you know, I wonder what God's will is for my life. Uh, I did a search on that one time. I just started reading through the New Testament, you know, where it says, this is the will of God. It doesn't, I think it only appears like five times. In over half of those, it says the will of God is for you to be thankful. It's for you to be grateful. And that's not just in good times, it's in difficult times. In fact, we talked about this at the beginning of the program in Philippians. Um, You can tell from the context it's not being grateful on the other side of difficulty, but right in the midst of that difficulty. And so when you consider where we are as a country and where we are as a culture, should we be thankful? Well, I think the answer from Scripture is absolutely yes, but I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take someone who's been teaching on this for quite some time, and not only teaching on Scripture from a standpoint of God's desire for us and His will for us to be thankful, but doing so in the context of knowing that we live in difficult times. He's not one of those pastors that ignores what's going on around us and just says, smile, and everything's going to be all right. He says, let's face the difficulties with a heart of gratitude. Dr. Erwin Lutzer, he's the pastor emeritus and former senior pastor of Moody Church in Chicago, where he pastored for 36 years. Dr. Lutzer, welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm so glad to be with you, Tony, and I want to just uh, say a few comments in regard to your intro. When it comes to the will of God, so many people are saying, what is God's will? If I only knew what it was, I would do it. Well, here's God's will, and you don't have to take it from me. You take it from the Apostle Paul, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks. In every circumstance give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Now, In context, the Apostle Paul, of course, knows about difficulties even as we do. But one other thing that's very important for the people who are listening, I've discovered this, that when I obey God in things that are revealed in Scripture to give thanks 
This is the will of God, even your sanctification, Paul says. God guides us in those matters that are unrevealed. But the real reason that we ought to give thanks is we acknowledge God's sovereignty. We have to remember that God does rule. And you know, Tony, in the midst of all of the controversies and all the back and forth and all the shouting and everything that we've been through in the last couple of weeks, and we could say the last couple of years, it's wonderful to know that God rules. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that it is God who sets up kings, God brings them down. Everything ultimately is by his permission, if not direct control. So we have a great deal of things to give thanks for. And I hope that we can explore that a little bit more because, in my opinion, Thanksgiving changes our perspective. It really does change everything. You know, when you lay out the Word of God where he said, this is the will of God, it doesn't get any plainer than that. I mean, it's quite clear. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. Until we exhaust the revealed will of God and his word, he's not going to give us anything extra. If we're just going to ignore what he's saying out there, it's, ah, I, I, I don't like that one. I want something else. I think it's going to be crickets. You know, I'm just thinking as you're talking Romans chapter 12, too, to present yourselves to God a living sacrifice to prove what is good and acceptable, to prove the will of God, which is good and acceptable. So if somebody out there today says, I don't know what God's will is, go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and you'll soon discover what God's will is. When we give thanks in our circumstances, and we don't have to give thanks for evil, but even in the midst of evil, we have much to thank God for because we believe that he is using it for his glory. I want us to think about that text of Scripture in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Why is it so transforming? It's transforming because when you begin to thank God, it is an indication that you are reminded of God's sovereignty. God does rule. Even Nebuchadnezzar knew that. After he was out with the animals, his understanding returned to him, and he blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever and ever, whose dominion is from one kingdom to another, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? So thanksgiving reminds us of the sovereignty of God. But you know, Tony, it also reminds us of the wisdom of God. God is not only powerful, but God is also wise, and we need to be able to see him in circumstances, in what we are going through, and as an expression of our faith, we give thanks to him. You know, in the passage in, that I referenced earlier in Philippians chapter 4, I mean, that gratitude expressed toward God, which is a recognition of his sovereignty, which I think leads to the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is that when we realize, you know, I, I may not understand all of this, but there is someone who does, and I'm simply following him. 
you know, I know that there was a couple who had gone shopping and their van was full of goods after a day of shopping. And yet uh, what happened is someone broke into their van, stole a lot of stuff. But they had just come from a revival meeting, reminding themselves that everything ultimately is under God's control. And the first thing they did was to give thanks. And we don't necessarily have to give thanks for the evil per se, but we give thanks to God for his mercies. After all, things could have been far worse. Right. I mean, they could have been there when it happened. They could have been injured. Who knows what happens? Well, Tony, you know what it's like here in the city of Chicago. <sighs> so it reminds us of the fact that once we do that, their hearts were at peace. They were able to call the authorities. They put their life together. It wasn't the greatest tragedy in the world, right. considering what other people are going through. But, it, but in everything, give thanks. It also oftentimes open up, open up, opens up doors of opportunity. We're going to have to leave it there. We're going to come back on the other side of the break with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Don't go away. Most of us have at least one friend or family member who is pro-choice or have engaged with someone who doesn't share our pro-life views. As Christians, we are called to defend the weak and to speak truth in love. When we advocate for the unborn, we must do so honestly and lovingly. At Family Research Council, we recognize and respect the inherent dignity of every human life, from conception until natural death. The value of human life is not conditional upon its usefulness to others or the state or an arbitrary evaluation of a person's quality of life. Rather, the value of human life is unconditional because God, the author of life, has created all humans in his image. FRC's Center for Human Dignity exists to give a voice to the voiceless by helping others speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Learn how to address issues like abortion, human trafficking, pornography, and more by accessing our free resources at frc.org life. Today we find that global persecution of Christians is growing and becoming more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's new book, Heroic Faith, highlights personal stories from those who endure religious persecution and takes a close look at the tragic circumstances Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is important for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who suffer deeply and dangerously and do what we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. To this Thanksgiving Day edition of Washington Watch. Hope you're enjoying your day with uh, family and friends. I tell you, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite uh, because you just sit around, you talk, you eat, uh, and you, you, you just have a great time. I am grateful for Thanksgiving. Well, we're ca- talking about the spiritual significance of Thanksgiving and what it does for our lives as we follow the instructions of the Lord. And I'm having this conversation with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. He is the uh, pastor emeritus 
of Moody Church in Chicago, where he pastored as a senior pastor for 30, 36 years. Dr. Lutzer, thanks for, uh, for sticking around. As we were running up to that break, I was just saying that I've learned this, um, and, and I, I had to experience this actually about six years ago when we had these uh, historic floods in Louisiana and our home flooded. I was pastoring a church at the time in addition to, to being here at the Family Research Council. And I had to come to a point where I actually thanked God that our home flooded. Um, that was not easy. It was difficult. Um, we loved our home. We loved where we, everything. We had no insurance for it. And, uh, but it opened up tremendous doors of opportunity to minister. And, and over the course of the next six months, uh, we saw uh, literally over 100 people in our church that came to our church, baptized, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we looked at it from a standpoint of opportunity. And I, I think even in the midst of these challenging times that we live in, if, we, if we're not um, focused inwardly, but rather we're giving gratitude to God, he helps us see what's happening outward around us. Not only that, but... Tony, let's just be honest and say most of us are complainers. And when you look at what is happening here in America, we could all argue that we've got lots to complain about. Of course, in comparison to other countries, we have really very little to complain about. Anybody who doesn't love America just has to go to Africa or India, and they'll come back with better understanding. But that being said... There's a passage of Scripture in the book of Exodus that I've often thought about that is very convicting. When the children of Israel were in the desert, and they were being fed manna in the morning, manna for lunch, manna for dinner, and then, hey, you want a good night snack? Here's more manna. When they complained, and we might understand why they complained, we probably would have too, God says an amazing thing to Moses. He said, they are not complaining about you. They are complaining about me because I'm the one that is feeding them. And their real argument is not with their circumstances. Their real argument is with me. So I want everyone who is listening today to say it is so important for us to recognize that when we give thanks, it is our admission that everything that we have comes from God, and we can accept that which is negative as well as that which is positive, because we see him as God over all. I don't know about you, Tony, but at Thanksgiving in the Lutzer home, when we sit around the table, everybody knows this in advance, we go around and we share some things for which we give thanks. And it's often a wonderful opportunity to connect. It's an opportunity to remind us that as a family, and we're fortunate that we have a family that is together, it's a reminder of the fact that God is indeed good to us. Mm -hmm. Now, Tony, I'm sure I'm a little older than you. You know, I always say that um, the good thing about old age is it doesn't last very long. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you are, and as I look back over my life, there are more and more things for which I give thanks, even things which at the time didn't seem to be a blessing. Yeah. They've turned out that way because of the way in which God used them. So to everyone out there, 
Remember, we used to sing in church, count your blessings, count them one by one. And if you were to do that this Thanksgiving, it would be a very blessed Thanksgiving, even though things are falling apart around you. Yeah, I think that's so true. When we, uh, we count our blessings even before we see them, trusting that God is going to make them into blessings. I, I want to go back quickly to something you said about complaining. You know, how, how do we, do we like being around people who complain? Um, I don't. I, I don't like. No. I don't like no, complainers. but at the same time, Tony, haven't you and I sometimes been complainers? We, we have, but. My, <laughs> at least I have. We don't but, like it. I wonder how God looks upon it. He obviously doesn't like it either. And uh, Well, you know, he told the Israelites, you're sinning. Yeah. Because they were complaining about the food. And there are people today who aren't going to have a lot of food, and there are some in the world who won't have any food, and that's why it is we have so much to give thanks to God for, and even if the turkey doesn't taste as good as you think it should, we as believers give thanks. God is in control, and we're reminded of that. You know, I heard about Matthew Henry. I'll see if I can remember this story, but he was robbed. His wallet was taken. That night, he gave thanks to God for a number of things. Number one, he said, it's the first time I was robbed. Number two, the second thing is they only took my wallet. They didn't take my life. Third, even though they took my wallet and everything that I had, it wasn't much. And then he said this, most importantly, I thank God that I am the one who was robbed and I was not the robber. Yes. How true. Well, that's a great point to leave it on. And uh, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And I do hope you have a, a great, great Thanksgiving. And thanks for all that you are doing, Tony, and your organization. God Thank bless. You. Thank you. All right, folks, stick around. Research, academic research on gratefulness next. Given the all-out assault on the American male, it isn't surprising that the family structure is faltering. As a result, many men are frustrated and confused about what a real man is supposed to be. In response, Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Curitan's new book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers a battle plan for men on how to take on their God-given responsibility in a culture swiftly turning away from God's design. The authors present the Old Testament book of Joshua and his leadership as the focus of their study, asking readers to consider the five principles of biblical manhood, man as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. It is time for men to step into their role in the family and society and truly live out their God-given purpose. To purchase your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Most of us have at least one friend or family member who is pro-choice. As Christians, we are called to defend the weak and to speak truth in love. When we advocate for the unborn, we must do so in a way that is both truthful and loving. For this purpose, FRC's Center for Human Dignity exists to give a voice to the voiceless by helping others speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Access our free resources at frc.org life and learn how you can speak truth both boldly and lovingly. Throughout Scripture, there is a warning to all believers that they will be persecuted. It isn't a question of if, but when. 
Scripture even notes that those who are persecuted are blessed because they will be rewarded in heaven. So persecution isn't something Christians should fear, but it is something they should be prepared for. So many Christians in the U.S. are far removed from the threat of persecution, but Pastor Andrew Brunson knows persecution well. In October 2016, Brunson was falsely accused of terrorism and held for two years in Turkish prisons. Following a worldwide prayer movement and significant political pressure from the U.S. government, he was released in October 2018. Since then, Andrew has devoted himself to helping equip Christians in the West to prepare for hostility. Brunson led an eight-part video series titled Prepare to Stand. In it, he shares some of the lessons he learned on staying faithful during his imprisonment. Watch this important series by going to frc.org slash prepare to stand. Again, that's frc.org slash prepare to stand. Although most Americans believe they have a biblical worldview, studies show that most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. That is why Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The experts at the center have provided free resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview. Access these resources by going to frc.org worldview. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for tuning in. I tell you what, again, one of my favorite holidays. So grateful for Thanksgiving. Thankful for you. Thankful for the opportunity we have to have these conversations. And today, you know, really zeroing in on the midst of uh, challenging times in which we live, the the need for gratitude. And and I I want to turn now to kind of the, the practical side of this. Not that we need the science to back up what God says, but guess what? It does. You know, for Christian parents, raising our children to possess a spirit of gratitude, I believe is, is, is among our highest callings, that, you know, we're to teach them to follow God, to be grateful for what God has given us. And this is something that constantly working with our children, of course, my children, most of them are now in their adult years, and they're grateful kids, and I'm grateful for that. And we've done this quite a bit is that we just uh, we take time around the Thanksgiving table uh, just to talk about. And we don't, do, we don't do it just at Thanksgiving. We do it at other times just to uh, either speak a blessing on one of the others in the family or just to say what we're thankful for. And, and I think we have to be intentional. You know, sometimes these, we, we just, uh, life gets so busy that we miss those moments and we don't think about it. So we have to plan these things. And we've been pretty intentional about that in our home of doing things that build, put these building blocks into the lives of our children. And I want to talk about this more with Dr. Giacomo Bono. He is a professor at Cal State uh, and he is the co-author of Making Grateful Kids, the Science of Building Character. I think it's fascinating. Uh, Giacomo, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you've been doing research on this. This isn't just a feel-good book that you wrote. It is actually based upon research. And you, you have developed eight strategies related to this. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, the the you know my focus has been on the interpersonal aspects of gratitude. So how we practice it uh, with other people, how we exchange thanks, uh, and and it turns out that it's it's much more than uh, 
you know, practicing gratitude is more complex, or I mean, there's there's so many ways to do it um, that it's it's actually uh, quite quite impressive the different ways we can experience it. You know, we can be grateful for um, a thing, right, or pets or people, uh, or even for having a relationship in our lives or for having a group that we belong to, right? So, which is especially important for for young people who are you know, um, discovering who they are by their interactions with, you know, with groups and involvement in, in different um, community activities with other kids. So uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's truly, uh, there, there's so many ways to practice it. And what we're finding is that it's much more than about feeling good uh, and feeling happy and feeling joy, which is, of course, wonderful. And, you know, we, 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 always want to have more of that in our lives every day, but it's much more deeper than that. It's, it's, you know, and, and earlier you were talking about cultivating spirituality and and connection to God Uh, and gratitude really is a strength, a virtue of connection to something bigger and something more benevolent in the world. And when we practice it, we bring in meaning into our life that we then act on and we do become more intentional by practicing gratitude. And gratitude is actually something that's shared. I mean, not only do we benefit from being grateful, but we, we enrich the lives of others through our gratefulness. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that's, what, uh, that's another aspect that I, I really admire of gratitude is that it's very visible uh, when, when you practice it, especially with other people. Um, you know, as opposed to just reflecting in a journal privately. But when you practice it with other people, you know, it's, it's, it, uh, it can inspire others and sort of share the meaning of those positive exchanges that you have with others. It could share that meaning with others and others can feel, you know, more hope, uh, that there's more hope in the world or that there are good people out there and that it's worth trying to, to be a better person and trying to help each other, because that's what makes life better when we work together. So, Dr. Bono, it, it, are, are there um, byproducts of gratitude that we experience? You said it's not just about feeling good, but are there other byproducts that flow from a, a, a spirit of gratitude? Yeah, it's uh, and 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 let me know because I, I I could go on for a while. It's uh, on this topic. Uh, you know, the research just continues to find uh, other uh, outcomes, beneficial outcomes as, uh, that come from practicing gratitude. So, for instance, um, some, of the, some of the latest work that's, that's quite interesting is it shows that uh, practicing gratitude is, is, uh, makes, us, makes us more honest and less likely to lie and less likely to cheat, uh, which is definitely something we could use more of in this world, you know, with the amount of misinformation and, and uh, it's, you know, there is uh, good to have foundation in truth and honesty. So gratitude contributes to that and, and uh, which helps build trust in human relationships and communities. So definitely we need more of that. Uh, other surprising consequences of gratitude uh, are that it makes us more helpful to others. We are more kind to others. You know, it seems that it uh, it it basically not only you know we do we are grateful when other people are kind to us, but it turns out that it also makes us more kind to others as well. 
And so we're not only more likely to reciprocate to people we're grateful for, uh, but we're also more likely to help other people. So it's, it spreads, our kindness spreads. And, uh, and then some of the, some of the, uh, another outcome to, uh, to answer that last question that uh, gratitude can lead to that uh, you might not expect at first is, is that it, it makes us more motivated and uh, intrinsically motivated and energized. And so, and this is one of the things that I'm finding with my uh, intervention research is that practicing gratitude also, um, also drives us to search for purpose and to look for meaning uh, and to try to be a better person. So it's, it seems to be connected to self-discipline as well and, and sort of a bigger picture uh, for your life, acting on larger goals. Are, are there physical benefits to gratitude? And of course, there's also that as well. We could look to the, you know, the, the research looking at, uh, you know, physiological effects and, and, uh, and, and one, one of the things that we know is, is that when we are grateful, uh, we're, it, it, it helps our cardiovascular function. Uh, so there's, there's a, a coherence, not just mental, but physiological as well, a coherence that uh, gets instilled in us when we are grateful uh, such that we're more we're more resilient. We're 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 able to you know bounce back from from a challenge and and be able to find a positive angle, uh, and and we have more energy uh, rather than giving up on the world and and blaming others for problems. We have more energy to to take their perspective and to be a little bit more thoughtful in our judgments of others. Do, so, does it uh, does anyway. it help? Does it help burn calories too? So I can eat another helping of. Uh, <laughs> of that pecan pie you know i suppose it could if it, if 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 it's uh, intellectually stimulating uh you know and it gets your brain working I, i'm sure you could start uh using I, using up the glucose and burning some calories maybe it's why we're supposed to give thanks before we eat you know maybe that helps i don't know that's so, right before we uh run out of time dr bono um what are some steps, some very practical steps to cultivating gratitude? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think uh, you know some the, the the challenge for us humans uh, is that uh, we have you know we're wired in, in a sense to identify problems and to address uh, negative aspects so that uh, you know hopefully we can prevent them from happening and so. One of the things, one of the challenges that humans have in terms of, of practicing gratitude is is that we have to go against this 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 wiring of our brain to to focus on positive things because what happens is when we're in when we're, we're in a good mood we just want to sort of be in that state and enjoy it you know we're not very analytical and so you know one of the things that you want to do is just to remember to to practice it and to be looking. Uh, for good things and challenging ourselves to to see the positive aspects in, in the people that we interact with. And, and so it's about becoming habitual in this practice and so, just remembering. So that, that requires intentionality. That's what I was talking about earlier. It, it, thankfulness doesn't just happen. We have to pursue it. Right. You know, because the day takes over with different urgencies that we're addressing. And, you know, what we're talking about is 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 going to a higher level of of meaning and putting our attention on that 
so that we can realize and feel the goodness in our life. Uh, and we have to be intentional about it and develop that habit and, you know, setting reminders, for example, to just give some practical it, strategies. I mean, gratitude interjected into our family relationships. Let's just start right there in the five minutes we've got left. Yeah. But that can really, I mean, that could be a dynamic that can change a home just by interjecting that, that gratitude in there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I always like to say when, when people, uh, you know, when I would do interviews, uh, especially around my book, um, they want to know what the magic answer is. And, and the closest thing I can get to a magic answer is sort of along the lines of what you just said. You know, when we practice gratitude uh, with other people and, and we talk about it, what we're, what we're doing, what we're doing is we're opening up a window into the things that matter to us. And we're, you know, we're discussing challenges and we're discussing, sorry about the calls. Um, we're discussing challenges and we're discussing goals and motives, things that we're reaching for in our lives. And so by practicing gratitude, we're opening up the window to the things that we want in our lives. So uh, talk about the book for just a moment, how folks can uh, find this Making Grateful Kids, The Science of Building Character, which is focused on that gratitude, uh, in, in building that gratitude in our children. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's uh, for parents and teachers, uh, uh, anybody, pastors, coaches, uh, anybody who mentors young people, and by young people, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of the principles in the in the book can be practiced with, um, you know, starting at age uh, three and four, you know, as soon as kids start to talk. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's for anybody who's mentoring and interacting with kids and, and, and helping young people develop. Uh, so that's that's the the audience of the book. And uh, they're all practical strategies you can practice every day. All right, so I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, Giacomo, on the, on the way out. Last question, it's Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Yes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, an easy one that, that's constant uh, in life, especially as we get older, is, is my health, right, and, and our health and the health of, my, of people in my family. Um, you know, and it just takes one incident where somebody, you know, a loved one is not healthy, to realize that that's just a blessing that we always have. You can always start your day that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, grateful for being a professor and that I get to shape young minds and, and hopefully make them a little bit more constructive about how they're going to improve the world, but uh, more hopeful so that they could dream big and be better uh, in this world so that, uh, you know, we all benefit. And I'm, so I'm grateful for my job and that I get to work with students and mentor them and, and really apply this work that I'm that I love to do that I that I could focus on what I love in my job and, and have that purpose and passion in a job. Well, we are thankful that you joined us today to share this with us, and uh, we uh, we we look forward to having another conversation with you about the uh, the power of gratitude. Have a uh, wonderful yes. Thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you so much, and you as well, and to the audience out there. Have a joyous Thanksgiving. All right, thanks so much, Dr. Giacomo. Bono. Thanksgiving. So take just a moment. What are you thankful for? Yeah, there's so much. And I know we, we live in some challenging times. And I, I begin every day in, in prayer. And prayer always begins, as the Lord has taught us, with gratitude, recognizing our Creator. 
And so I, I just want to encourage you to be intentional and be thankful. Yeah, and I'm not saying we ignore, and you know that. We, we do not ignore what's going on. But even in the midst of some of the greatest challenges, which we're facing right now, with uh, what's happening right here in Washington, I mean, we've taken a break for Thanksgiving, but it starts back Monday, with this attack on religious freedom and the rights of parents. We live in some dark times. But I shared this with my team uh, this past week, is that, you know, I'm actually thankful that I'm a candle, a light, at midnight rather than at noon. You can't see a candle at noon, but you can see it at midnight. And the Lord has entrusted us with this moment in time. Whether it's in our family as a parent uh, or a child or a teen or a worker, no matter where God has placed you, he's entrusted you with this opportunity and this moment in history. And we should be thankful for the opportunities that God has given us. So I want to encourage you to be all that God has created you to be and to do so with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. So. Enjoy your Thanksgiving Day, and until next time, I want to leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything that you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.